On this episode of the No Chill Podcast, we've got a Hall of Famer and one of the best receivers ever to throw on a helmet, the one, the only, Terrell Owens. You know him as the all-time great talent and larger-than-life persona, but there's so much more to understand in terms of his mindset and approach to the game. Also, it's about time we stop to recognize just how much of a pioneer he was in his celebrations and the flair he brought to the sport. Oh, and he's also a hooper. And for Gil, putting high-level athletes on the basketball court is a unique challenge. For T.O., we find out he used the basketball court to work on elements of his receiver technique from footwork to pivots to verticality, and he transferred it to the gridiron. And for you multi-sport athletes, you can use T.O.'s effectiveness and production as proof that there's a definite benefit in influences from other sports. Well, that and being a freak athlete definitely helps too. It's the No Chill Podcast with the one and only T.O. Remember, you can get every episode as soon as they drop by subscribing wherever you get your podcast and subscribing on the No Chill channel on YouTube. And don't forget, every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, it's No Chill with Gilbert Arenas on the Fubo Sports Network. What's up and welcome to No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. Right over there, it's Gilbert Arenas. I'm Mike Botticello, and today... We have a Hall of Famer on, Gil. And there are two guys here with six packs, so we can say that. <laughs> we have the one and only Terrell. We got our popcorn ready today. Yeah, I mean, we're just going to tuck mine in. Fitness goals. But uh, this is great. I mean, you consider yourself a hooper, right? So yeah, I do. Appreciate, and appreciate you guys having me. Absolutely. Yeah, I do, I do consider myself a hooper. Uh, not to this level of status. Um, but again, like I, I, I had a love and passion for it in high school. Um, I got obviously recruited to play football at UT Chattanooga um, after my freshman year um, because the coach at that time, he, he wouldn't allow any guys that he recruited or whatever to play any other sports. So he ended up getting fired after our freshman year. So the next coach came in. I asked him if I could walk on the basketball team. So um, so, yes, yeah, so I walked on the basketball team uh, with a, some, a couple of guys from the football team and obviously on campus and uh, I ended up making it and uh, I played, you know, three years, three years. I got to think, OK, there's some crossover here, first of all, because Gil, I don't know if he's ever told you this, will tell you he was Michael Vick before there was Michael Vick when he played football. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was nice. I really, this is the first time I've. No, yeah, I played Pop Warner here. Breaking news, yeah. breaking it's, news. It's not, it's not super public information. No, yeah, no, no. So I play here. Uh, East Valley Trojans. What's happening? East Valley. East Valley Trojans. Yeah, I was one of those selfish quarterbacks. Real selfish. My team was terrible. So, all so I did, like your basketball career. No, I was, I was, I was worse than that. I was, I was, I was worse than that. I was ball dominant. I was ball dominant. It was basically hike. We didn't have no receivers. Hike, fake, run. Run. If nobody's yeah. open. No, 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 no. I was told never to try to pass the ball. <laughs> they, I didn't have, it was one of those. You know how like in Pop Warner, if you just got one, one great athlete, you're good. Giving the ball. And I was him. So it was okay. like receiver. We didn't have a quarterback throw me, so I, I couldn't throw it. Running back, they were skip. So I just did it all. Yeah, you was one of those all-world guys. And then what ended up happening one day, it was one of those quarterback sneaks up the middle, and uh, his name was Dijon Lee. <laughs> Hit my helmet off. And I woke up a basketball player, is basically <laughs> is what I'm saying. I woke up a basketball player. <laughs> and I think I was I retired think after that. That's exactly how it happens because of contact. 
Not oh, everybody's yeah, no, on like, that. No, no, no. I was, I was, I didn't mind contact. This was a whole different level of contact. Yeah, there's contact and there's hits. Yeah, I, that, what I'm saying is, I, I, I woke up and it was. My dad was like, "Yeah, you know what? We're just gonna uh, stick to the football." Right. Because, uh, <laughs> what happened was, <laughs> what happened was, right. and you know, it was one of those watch out. It was already watch out for him because this is what this man does. He right. knocks the helmet off. Right, right, right. And he got me, and I, was like, I quit. I, I think when you get to a certain <laughs> level, maybe it's college. Like you get to the college level, and athletes separate more, and you see that a football player has a definite difference in mindset compared to a basketball player. Like so, at Arizona State, right? Yeah. It's just different. You recognize like that. You got to have a different energy, right, to be a to be a football player. Yeah, it's just a mentality. And then I think obviously, you know, there's a stigma of basketball players being soft or what have you. Um, I mean, that's that is that's the stigma. But again, you know, with you know, obviously, there's a mentality, like I said, playing football versus playing basketball. And then, like I said, you have some guys that try to you know transition, and you 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 typically know when there's like. A football player that can actually hoop, mm -hmm. you can just tell the physicality and what they bring, that toughness uh, that they bring to the game. Yeah, you know, even, even in the AAU level, you can actually tell which kids play dual sports. Right. You can see it early. They got their fast twitch muscles, the way they drive and hit the hole, the way they, they move laterally. Yeah, you can, yeah. You can mm -hmm. tell. You're like, okay, he plays football too, right? Right. That's a quarterback. That's a running back. You can, you can right. really see it because the kids just move different, they move faster, physical, they play harder. I mean, you can just, and it's like, ugh. Well, even contact, because basketball is a contact sport, even yeah. more, I feel like more so now, because mm -hmm. um, guys look for that and try to initiate it more than they ever did. And I think 80s guys were avoiding it, and that's when they would lay you out, and they knew you were soft. Well, back in the 80s, 90s, I would say it's more of a contact. Basketball is more of a contact. It's a ticky-tack sport right now. Oh, yeah. Now, now it's, the contact is different. It's right. the same contact, but then the defense created the contact. So it was right. basically, you go right. in and we're trying to hit you. Now the offense is like, all They're right. They're taking advantage of Let me rules. take advantage of, you can't hit me, so let me create the contact. When you touch me, then I'm flopping. Right. Well, you I know, so it, it's... Well, thank you for it, because it was around your time and your era. You were the guys that looked at the rules. It was the rules. Right. So I'm going to take I don't want to take advantage rules. of what's happening now, but me and D-Wade changed the rule of referees. I mean, of the, 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 the defense can jump straight up. See, back, vertical, then, the back then, there was no vertical rule. Right. Back then, if you're inside that lane, you was illegal defense. So basically, we just torpedoed into... The Shaquilles and the Chris right. Webbers and all those bigs for being inside that circle. Right. So, because I rather jump in into him, less contact, versus him. me jumping straight up and him just bulldozing right. three, because you didn't want those two fouls from him. From right. him. So, once that rule changed, it became a whole nother game. So, now it became just outsmarting. I don't want to be defended by an aggressive defender, so I'm going to go and and, and started pulling all of that, and then... Um, Manipulating, yeah. And then... Um, Devin, Harris. Devin, Devin Harrison. Then he became really aggressive with right. it, mm -hmm. and, then, and then from there just carried over. I think ba in basketball that happened, in football it's pass interference. Where they'll actually, it's a play where we'll just throw it up because we know they're going to go downfield, there's going right. to be contact, and we're just going to take that flag, and we'll get the field position. Yeah. That's and just how you use the rules. That's, that's the way it is now, anyway. It, the, the only thing that when 
when I think about football and receivers, how do you train? Like, I, what do you mean? How do mean I okay, so as a running back, all I just need is a ball, or not even a ball. I can work on my feet, and, and there's a wall there. I can pretend that's a defender, and right. I can work around my juice. Right. As, a, as a receiver, how do you work on catching and without someone throwing it? Like, how do you work well, on that's, individual well, that's, skills? Well, that's, that's the difficult part. <laughs> um, honestly, I never, I never trained um, off-season until, like, my ninth, going into my ninth year. That was when I... I got traded, or they tried to trade me to um, Baltimore after my eighth year in San Francisco. And so uh, I ended up going to uh, Philadelphia Eagles. And so Donovan, like I said, went, and it was like in March. So um, going into the offseason or what have you, they, he wanted to kind of, you know, develop some chemistry, you know, try to, you know, you know, throw the ball around a little bit. And so that was like my first time ever in the offseason training with a bunch of guys where, you know, we worked on like routes and things of the nature, running backs, tight ends, mm-hmm. or what have you. So uh, uh, Westbrook, Brian Westbrook and all, you know, some of those guys, uh, Correa Barkato, some guys that lived in Arizona. We met in Arizona and uh, we ran we ran routes. We was at some high school and that was the first time I had ever done it and going into my ninth year. So me, my first eight years, all I did was play basketball in the off season. I worked on my, ch- and that helped me, like I said, in terms of my change of direction, mm-hmm. hand, eye, things of that nature. So that's how I got better utilizing what I would do on the basketball court. Because when you think about having a defender in front of you, it's literally like you're playing one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And that's when, like, my coach, he knew that I loved basketball like, early on in my career. And when I was struggling with bump and run and stuff like that, so free access, I was fine. And then I was big, but I still needed to really enhance my route running. So, but when it came to like bump and run, that's when I struggled. You know, I couldn't get off the line. And so he saw something, he like, he saw that I was struggling so much, he pulled me to the side. He goes, yo, he goes, don't you love, he said, don't you love, he said, you consider yourself a basketball player, right? And I'm like, yes, sir. And then he said, you know, when the guy's in your face, he's, that's, that's all it is. He's like, you're, it's like you're playing one-on-one with, with, with the guy and you're trying to get to the hoop. And dude, when he said that, it was like a light bulb came on. <laughs> Because literally, is, that's ideally what it is. Because if you're playing me and Gil, I'm trying to get by him. What mm-hmm. am I trying to do? I got to try to set him up. Yeah. As soon as his weight shifts the other way, go to the opposite way. That's all it is. And so when I figured that out, and then again, I don't, I don't have to have a ball in my hand. Now I'm just setting him up, and I just got to get into my route. And then there were other elements of the game that I had to really learn, like reestablishing the real estate. Don't allow him to push me close to the, you know, to the out of bounds. Because like I said... I can't catch the ball over there. And if I do, it's not going to be that much room. I got to give the quarterback enough room and lane to throw the ball. So once I figured all of that out, it was it was honestly it was game over. But in terms of how receivers practice without the ball, it's kind of hard because we need somebody to actually go out there. And obviously, that's what we do. We catch. So we got to have as many balls in our hands, you know, repetition and catching it and seeing it as we as we can. And for me. I didn't do that throughout the course of my career in the offseason. So sometimes I, I, I will attribute a lot of it why I dropped balls because I, didn't, I wasn't catching a lot of balls during the offseason. And then, two, once I realized I became a playmaker, a game changer, and I became like really dominant, and I knew that once I got my hands on the ball, I couldn't be stopped. So some of my drops was because I was trying to get it and just go. Mm-hmm. 
go before I even had it in my hands. Um, but yeah, to your question, yeah, it's, it's hard. You just got to work on your footwork. But my footwork and how I enhanced my route running, it, I did all of that while we were in training camp and then after practice. So those were some of the things that I worked on because I didn't do it in the offseason. Yeah, because, you know, I, it's just, it was just one of those things because when I was, like, even though I quit football, and I remember we were doing, when I was in high school, we were challenged the football players. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just always wonder, like, as a receiver, how do you practice? What do you practice on without your quarterback? Like, right, right. how do you personally get better? Right. Like, it, it seemed like that is the hardest position to be like, like to really improve. And right. it, it seemed like that is the hardest position because one, there's more elements that take place. You know, you got a defender, you got to run around, then you got to have a quarterback that actually make the pass, and you got to learn how to catch different ways. And right. Where do you work on that? Like, You're right. <laughs> You're talking about the catch, yeah, it's the catch radius. Yes. You know what I mean? So you, ideally, like, yeah, you just got to have somebody to, you know, to throw the ball to you. If you don't, then all you're going to be working on is really your, your footwork, your feet work. And so for me, when I played basketball, that's ideally what I did. I was working on my conditioning. Um, my cardio, and then like I said, basketball is just like football, it's hand-eye. So again, if you're throwing oops or you're just throwing passes, like catching, all of that. So it's all relative, but for me, you think about change of direction, you know, playing defense on mm -hmm. different guys. So I, when I went to the gym, I challenged myself to, even I, like, I'm, I have a, like a forward or, you know, like in a rec center or recreation, <laughs> I'm a forward, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But, you know, like I said, I challenged myself to, you know, defend guards, you know, what have you. So that's, you know, left and right. You know, I know they're quicker than I am. So those are some of the things, like I said, I did uh, in the off season to kind of help me with my footwork. But I never like, the way guys train now, trainers, ladders, doing all these type of drills, this and that, I never really did that. And I know that's what you're thinking because in basketball, you could you could work on your skill set all day long. It's, yeah, it's, and just like if I'm, a, if I'm a guard, as long as I have a ball, oh. I can, I can improve my game, you know, without anyone. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I don't need a coach. I don't need to right. just give me the ball. I can work on my hezzy, work on this, work on my shot, and do that. As a receiver, yeah, you can have a football, but it's like, what? I'm gonna throw it and try to catch it myself. <laughs> well, I mean, you can have, you, the quarterback, same thing, needs a receiver to throw to. So you not necessarily necessary, but they can they you can create targets. But they can no. create targets. Yeah, right. they can. They can. For, you I, can. A quarterback can sit here and just. Throw the spots. Right, right. You, you see quarterbacks, they now they have like targets, mm -hmm. you know, moving targets. Yeah. They can have trash cans, like, you know, so many feet away. But it's or, different when you're throwing the speed. Well, yeah, but yeah. then but that's ball placement. Mm -hmm. When you think about throwing to a trash can 40, 50 yards down the field, that's, that's, accuracy. that's accuracy. You know, you're working on the ball placement and things of that nature. But so. that's what, and that's and that's what I started to realize. I was like, and then there's no there's no facility that does that, that has. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I see they have the little ball things where they put it in. Junction. There's like, that's the only thing, that's the only thing. But you I gotta have somebody to do that. Now you gotta have somebody to run the That's kind of like the, the, the yeah, you can't do it by yourself. Right, yeah. But you, it's, it's also like you have the, the Dr. Dish machine when you, shoot, you can shoot by yourself. Yeah, that's what I said. It's like, it's a, it seemed like that's the, that's the only position in sports, it seems like, that actually needs someone. Right. That helped them out. That's, really, yeah, it seems right. like it's the only position that really needs 
I never thought of it. Another, you know, a, another thought person. About that. Except for I don't know how you practice as a linebacker tackling. That's the tackle trash can. But I'm saying you can. But that's what I'm saying. There's things that's built where I can move this out of the way, push this, and you you have those. It just seems like the receiver is the soul, is that solo wolf that just. Right. Yeah. I also think for football players. You live in the weight room. That's a big part of the sport, more than other sports. Well, yeah, that's and that's what I did. That was the element of, of my game and, and part of the process that helped me. Like you said, I didn't have, I, I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't going and you know working out or you know on the field throwing with quarterbacks and things. Like that I was then, I was in the weight room. I was working on my body because I knew like the season is long. Um, I knew I was going to be taking a lot of hits, a lot of wear and tear on my body. So I was building my body up to take on all of that throughout the course of the season. So what you're saying is that's a lot of work because for some guys it also is, is they're just born with it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that you, yeah, you have gifted guys, guys that are naturally talented. You have guys that are just naturally strong, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just, just strong. And for me, like I said, I wasn't one of those guys. Those guys. I had to build on what I had. And so every year, um, that's really kind of what I did. You know, I, I, I didn't get a trainer until after my third year in the league. And once I got a trainer, it was like he saw something in my game. Like he, I didn't, I didn't even know he was doing this. He would watch my game and he could see like if my gait was off or mm-hmm. something, how I ran. And he saw that I was a physical, like explosive type runner. So then he would obviously formulate my workouts for the next season to enhance that. So he wouldn't even allow me because of my style of running. He wouldn't even allow me to do like the Pelotons or, or the bikes. Like, you know, just sit there and just ride because mm-hmm. he said that was going to mess up my hips and mm-hmm. things of that nature. So I never did any of that. But also the way you came up too, small school, like underrated, uh, mm-hmm. off the radar. I think that just dedication that you have probably at some point clicked with along, along with the physical tools. Well, yeah, I, honestly, like I said, not... Like I said, not really playing in high school, not really, I played, I mean, my freshman year, I didn't really play much. I didn't really, I didn't really start making a mark in college until like my sophomore year. I scored four touchdowns against the defending champions um, in the season, uh, early on in the season. And then I progressively got better. Um, They, you know, my junior year, after my sophomore year, I played well. And then my junior year, that's when they really just started implementing me into the game plan where I was just, I was obsolete. I was <laughs> null and void my freshman year. Um, and then, like I said, I just, I, just started build, I just started building on that. And so I just really, I, I understood that I wasn't a four or five star athlete coming out of high school, uh, you know, as they were recruiting me. So I knew how that felt to be in high school, sitting on the sidelines and even basketball. I didn't start, I was on a team, but I didn't play. I still, like I said, that, that really hurt me to know that I could make the team, but I really didn't have enough skill set and talent to help contribute to the wins and losses. So that really kind of motivated me and fueled me even when I got to college. So when I got to college, I just kept working and working and working. I never went home for, for the summer. And so I asked uh, the coach if, uh, you know, if I could get the key to the weight room. Um, so I could really, I basically had 24 Access, 24 that's, hour that's access. crazy that you'd had you would have to do that nowadays they're you know right so i had 24 hour access <laughs> you gotta drag me into that <laughs> <laughs> but for me i knew i needed it because i was skinny and scrawny when i came mm-hmm. out of high school i'm like maybe six one maybe six two 180 85 pounds so i was really skinny and scrawny <laughs> yeah yeah, that's yeah. I was that's came into the NBA at that weight. <laughs> right. right. So 
I see mean, NFL players on the NFL field. Is, <laughs> right. So I, monster. So I basically took advantage of that, you know. So I would go to the weight room, and I've shared this a couple of times. Like when I would be in a, in the weight room, like I said, I had I was in there by myself. So there was times I'm on the bench and I'm trying to max and trying to press. I would max to the point I get I would get stuck under the bench. So bro, I had to scoop, <laughs> had to somehow not choke myself and get out up under the bench. But that's how I got stronger because I was in there by myself. I had to take it. I didn't have a spotter. Mm-hmm. Same thing with squatting and everything that I did. So I didn't realize, you know, how strong I was getting, um, but it helped me. I was getting bigger and faster and stronger. So I took that same work ethic, uh, you know, to the pros when I got the opportunity. Same thing with San Francisco. Um, go to practice. We had 24 access to that. I would go to practice. And then like a couple of hours later, I would go back to I would go back to the facility, mm-hmm. work out. And so for me, I knew I was behind as far as my my I guess I would say my experience and my growth as a receiver. And then, like I said, I wanted to add whatever I could to help me. And that was that was me, obviously me being taking advantage of my physical size because a lot of those guys, they didn't want to hit me. Mm-hmm. They looked at me. They thought I was like linebacker side because <laughs> I was like I was diesel. You know, what I mean, I was rock. And so a lot of the guys, they thought like I played, you know, safety or something like that. But even with that size, I had I had to clean up my route running because I, it was rough. It was raw. And that's something you could relate to. And I think it's probably the best thing that can happen to an athlete is when you're unknown and unproven, you have to prove yourself. You have a battery in your back now because that's going to make you work more and work mm-hmm. harder. And it's more of an uphill climb. Yeah, man, I had a strong dissatisfaction of just being mediocre in high school. And then I experienced it too my first couple of years, even my sophomore year when I got to play a little bit more. But I realized I still wasn't on par or with the with the four or five star athletes mm-hmm. that came in my freshman year. They were still so much better than I was. So I'm like, okay, well, how can I, you know, in my mind, I'm like, how can I, how can I get more playing time? And me playing scout team, like my rookie, like my freshman year, um, doing the, you know, like I said, doing the cards, um, you know, for the the our for our number one defense. So we went rerunning the other team's plays. That's how I was able to kind of catch, start catching the ball more. So they were drawing diagrams. So we, that when it came to like pass plays, I was killing. But I mean, at some point, it's, it's like the best thing for you is you're just playing for playing time. So, I mean, you know, for some, you know, for some, you know. Um, you were there. You no, know, no, I was there. I was, you know, I was number 15 at, at, in, in uh, Oakland. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I met the key card. Like, I didn't go home. Like, ain't nothing there. <laughs> You know, I'm sitting there um, working, working on my skill. You know, you know, when 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 you're a hooper, you don't really. The weight room is the last place you want to be. It's like you. It's like that's the last place. That's, that was like foreign. Like, For basketball players. What? What? I didn't. I didn't no, don't. You, they're fine. You, they're finding me. We had we had to like workout days. Like no, I don't. No, I want to get shots up. I don't care nothing about. I ain't trying to arm wrestle nobody. Right. Like you know, like the wall. But you didn't understand the benefits to you at that time. Like all you wanted, you just you're a hooper. Yeah, I just wanted to hoop. Like the like being strong. It seemed like my brain always said, well. If I'm strong, then it's gonna mess up your shot. Or no, it just it, then it looks like I don't get fouled because I'm running through everybody. But if I can go in and then he bumps me, I'm fouled. That's I'm still a foul. take that hit. Though. You know, so I'm. That's what I associate right, right. being strong with. Like I don't need to be strong because it's a disadvantage. Because now right. I'm gonna be trying to bully through people. And then when when Earl Boykins came, oh, I never wanted to go in the weight room. He 
Teddy Little. He in here killing. So there ain't no point. <laughs> ain't no point in me going in there lifting all these weights. Earl Borkin, he was oh, like pounding. He was yoked, bro. That's exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm saying he was like for the, his side, like pound for pound. Yeah. He has little arms, yeah. so he has little arms, so you don't see this massive <laughs> chest. So it ends up happening one day. I'm like, oh, Earl. I've never seen Earl live. So good, we good. I don't need to go in there. Nah, no, I'm with Earl. And then Earl came in one day, put the two plates. Boop, boop, Huh, huh, huh. Oh, nah, nah, bro. Then I was like, just like, Gia, your turn. No, you got little arms, bro. You don't have to go down. I got to go down all the way down here and put them all the way back. True. I can't do that. I'm over there struggling, like, ah, just get off of me, man. <laughs> That's kind of like the, the, the yeah, that's true. You can't do it by yourself. Right, yeah. But you, it's, it's also like you have the, the Dr. Dish machine when you, shoot, you can shoot by yourself. Yeah, that's what I said. It's like, it's, it seemed like that's the. That's the only position in sports, it seems like, that actually needs someone. Right. To help them out. Yeah, it really, yeah, seems right. like it's the only position that really needs. I never thought of it. Another, yeah. a, another never thought person. About that. Except for I don't know how you practice as a linebacker tackling. That's the tackle trash can. But I'm saying you can't. But that's what I'm saying. There's things that's built where I can move this out of the way, push this, and right, yeah. you you have those. It just seems like the receiver is the soul, is that solo wolf that just. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I also think for football players. You live in the weight room. That's a big part of this sport, more than other sports. Well, yeah, that's and that's what I did. That was the element of, of my game and, and part of the process that helped me. Like you said, I didn't have, I, I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't going and you know working out or you know on the field throwing with quarterbacks and things. That I was then, I was in the weight room. I was working on my body because I knew like the season is long. Um, I knew I was going to be taking a lot of hits, a lot of wear and tear on my body. So I was building my body up to take on all of that throughout the course of the season. So what you're saying is that's a lot of work because for some guys it also is, is they're just born with it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that you, yeah, you have gifted guys, guys that are naturally talented. You have guys that are just naturally strong. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Just, just strong. And for me, like I said, I wasn't one of those guys. Those guys. I had to build on what I had. And so every year, um, that's really kind of what I did. You know, I, I, I didn't get a trainer until after my third year in the league. And once I got a trainer, it was like he saw something in my game. Like he, I didn't, I didn't even know he was doing this. He would watch my game and he could see like if my gait was off or mm -hmm. something, how I ran. And he saw that I was a physical, like explosive type runner. So then he would obviously formulate my workouts for the next season to enhance that. So he wouldn't even allow me because of my style of running, he wouldn't even allow me to do like the Pelotons or, or the bikes. Like, you know, just sit there and just ride because mm -hmm. he said that was going to mess up my hips mm -hmm. and things of that nature. So I never did any of that. All right, let's take a break to talk about our friends at Ladder Life. You know, this past year really told us something. It's to take time and appreciate and show gratitude to the ones we love. We were reminded life is such a fragile thing. Every day matters. And what you do on a daily basis is not just for you. It's for the ones you love. So on that note, it makes sense why people get life insurance, especially term coverage, which is surprisingly affordable. Why not pay a bit each month to protect the ones you love? And if you're asking yourself this question, choose Ladder. Ladder makes it impressively fast and easy to get covered. You just need a few minutes and a phone or laptop to apply. 
Ladder's smart algorithms work in real time, so you'll find out instantly if you're approved. No hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. And since life insurance costs more as you age, now is the time to cross it off your list. So check out Ladder today to see if you're instantly approved. Go to ladderlife.com slash no chill. That's L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash no chill. Ladderlife.com slash no chill. Now is the time to think ahead and to take care of the ones you love. For me, like now, guys are more so into the weight room because they understand that's going to help as the season rolls through, pro- pro- progresses. It's going to help with the wear and tear, the bumps and, you know, bumping and grinding in there. <laughs> you weren't really trying to do no, all I'm of that. I'm not trying to feel none of that. Like, I couldn't do 10 push-ups at one given time. Oh, no, I didn't hurt. 10, 20, <laughs> oh, bro. It's like gym class. But, that, but like that, great. If you wanted to punish me, just be like, all right, GA, we're going to do like four sets of 20 push-ups. Like, oh. Oh, how much you need? I'll write the check, write the like check myself, right now. You hate and envy guys like that because they're so talented. They're so gifted. And that's the difference in you, you, the guys that are gifted and then guys that really have to work on their game to get to another level. You're like, yeah, you're one of those guys. But it was, no, but see, I, instead of spending my days in the weight room, I just spent hours, hours in the gym. In the gym. Right. Learning. Like, so, like, if I know you lift weights and you're strong, I'm going to study to try to use it against you. Right. So Instead like, okay, he's fast, he can jump, so now I gotta work on separation, stop, let him run into me, pump fake and let him jump, and I'm just, you know, as soon as he hits me, I gotta, so now I'm just working on everything to take away all the things that, you know, it would use to stop me. Right. And that's, you know, that's how I, I basically play it. So, like, if a guy was stronger, I just used it. I just used it against but him. But what he's saying, that's what Michael Jordan did, too, before he started getting beat up. Mm-hmm. Then he's like, his trainer, bro, like, okay, bro, you getting beat up. All this pumping and getting to the length, that ain't, that ain't finna do it. Now he's like, you got to fight fire with fire. fire yep. You know what I mean? Now he got in the weight room. You saw he started, you know, get a little arms and, you know, get a little cut, a little defined. And then it kind of enhanced his game. Yeah, like, I, I'm looking at the picture right there. I was like, yeah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just the animation. <laughs> but it also... <laughs> It's the chess move kind of player that guys that they know the, the, the strategy and the nuance of the game. Like, for example, Darrell Rivas compared to a Dion. Dion was just natural freak. Yeah, he was naturally gifted, fast, fast twitch, able to, you know, move his swivel his hips, you know, with defenders, really bait. Because his, his, his speed was his gift. And sometimes quarterbacks, they didn't know how to gauge that. Mm. One second, the guys are open. He's anticipating. And like I said, film study, Dion was like, he knew if he was like up close, they're not going to throw it. So for him mm. to get pick sixes or mm-hmm. PBUs, which he didn't want to get no PBUs, he wanted to get pick sixes. Pass break. He, yeah. He just wanted, <laughs> he just played off. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Just slow Make it up. look open. Make it yeah. look open. And then as soon as that quarterback started, mm-hmm. But to be that, the, the combination of putting in the skill work and then also putting the work on your body, like that's a hard place to get to. And the guy, I think of that, who does the best in basketball, LeBron. Yeah, he's investing a lot into his body. But even with LeBron, being strong penalizes him. Just like so, Shaq, in a sense. Yeah, so, so, so LeBron wasn't that, wasn't that beast. He's always been beast. 
But like, if you think look, about look it, look back. I'm not they showed the video 17 years ago, man. He was yeah, he no, was a, he was skinny, high school kid, but he got in the weight room. I think no, but think about think about this. LeBron's never actually led the NBA in free throw attempts for a guy who drives all the time. You, you, you yeah, see what I mean? Yeah. You know, for a guy who drives all the time, all this contact right, yeah. he receives, and he doesn't lead the league in free throw attempts is because what ends up happening is human nature. You're strong enough to take it. Mm-hmm. He just, <laughs> you know what I mean. So when he drives, the yeah. ref's like, "Well, you you should make that." He bounced off you. Yeah, you know, and that's and that's where I learned early, like uh, the strongest penalized. Right. Yeah. It's the weak. It's the weak. <laughs> the ones who look weak that gets all those calls. Right. 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 <laughs> you know the right. Allen. You know the Allen Iverson. You know trying mm-hmm. to guard him. You know. You know. Right. That's what I said. You know Allen. If he was one sixty, I would give him credit. But you know, as soon as you touched him. You know, he was so little. Wow. Body frail. Like, yeah. Just, yeah, just as soon as you as soon as you try to put anything on him, right. he, he knew how to use it and one. Like, God. I, I it's just the laws of physics. You know, the laws of physics. foul on that right there. <laughs> but he still would go after the bigs. Yeah, no, he because was, he knew any contact, he was flying. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. Yeah. So saying that's why he. Yeah. yeah. So he knows I'm just going to headhunter. He just so we, we become headhunters. Mm-hmm. I know as soon as I run into him, boom, it's going to be it's going to be a quick foul. Right, and then just optics. Mm-hmm. Just from the optics, you know what I mean? Like, big guy, little guy. How did he get way over here? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I get it. Let me ask you this. Can football players hoop? Some. It has to, like, they have to already have been hooping. Mm. But that's what I said. You can tell, you can tell which ones are like, all right, you just, you're new at this. Because the, the movement is still football movement. Right, it's right. still... Yeah, exactly. There's you know, no there's no there's flu. No flu. But yeah. you can tell, like, a, a football player who actually plays basketball because it's it's free moving, you know. And 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 and, and really, I, I don't know, does that help? You, does that help you on because you trained in basketball and you know the free moving style? Does it help you on the field? Yeah, um, yeah, in a sense. But like I said, when you're playing playing defense on somebody or you you got the ball, you you get you're on offense. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get beyond the defender. So for me, when I'm playing receiver, it's like I'm I got the ball. So I'm trying to get beyond this guy. So I basically use I use the goal line as the basket. I'm trying to get to the basket. Mm-hmm. This guy's preventing me from <laughs> getting there. So how do I get beyond how do I get to the basket? Obviously in a you know 10, 15 yard radius, uh whatever, depending on the route. I run my route based on where he is and what I need to do and what I need to do to get into that route. And so, and then obviously, like I said, I got to create windows, mm-hmm. understanding the pattern or the, the route or whatever. I got to create a window and I catch, you know, for, 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 the, uh, for the quarterback. Okay. Yeah, but that's what I said. Like, <clears throat> like I played, like, we played together. A few times. For years. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. For years. Yeah. And I remember I remember my first encounter with a football player. Um, his name was Porter, played for the Raiders, receiver. Uh, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Porter? Yeah, Jerry mm-hmm. Porter. He can jump out the gym. Oh, yeah, I had to. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> oh. We're, we're, in, we're, in, we're, in, we're in the Bay Area. <laughs> He's posting up, right? Posting up, I hit the ball, and we're going for it, and then he gets it, and then just from there, just from, boom, straight up, turn, and just, like, it was like, 
what Kenyon Martin did to the dude in Gonzaga, just from the back, he just from boom, the ground, turned and just powered it, boom. I fell in everything, <laughs> right? And I'm like, you know how you just like look at the dude and he's running down, laughing and giggling? They're like, <laughs> yo, where you play at? Play for the Raiders. Hey, what? Raiders? <laughs> what college is that? Say what college? Like San Francisco Raiders? Like what is that? And it was like football, big diamond in his ear. Mm-hmm. Man, you a football player? Just got dunked on my foot. Sub. 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 I'm going. I'm out of here, bro. You just. Well, thankfully, we have to play him again, so. Yeah, I left. I left. Forget this. Somebody just. You left? Left. Out. I'm out of here. (laughs) I'm not, first of all, I'm not playing with the Golden State Warriors yet. I'm like, I'm like, not on them. I'm not actually playing. This is like that rookie year when I'm still trying to get my. Right. Going and playing in pickup games and then football players dunking on me like, no. That's my confidence. I'm already, I'm already hurt right now. And then I just, all as I said, I'm all on the floor. Everyone laughing. Mm, I'm gone. I'm out of here. Oh yeah, Jerry Porter. Oh my God. When you talking? That's about what him, I knew. I was like, yeah, he can, yeah, he can get up. And and I would think that's the thing about football players. They have all that athletic, like verticals all for days on guys' speed, conditioning already. It's the skill and the technique. Yeah, but I got, I got better when you talk about vertical speed. I wasn't there. I didn't have all of that when I first got into the league. I literally, I got better and better year after year after year. Those are the things that I worked on. And especially with my speed, because I knew I wasn't as fast as a lot of receivers. And then you don't typically need to have to have four, three, four speed Mm -hmm. to be a receiver, but it helps. You know what I mean? If you got the whole package, because you know, you got a lot of guys that's that's fast, but they can't catch. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? They can't run routes. So I wanted to encompass, I wanted to be, I wanted to embody everything. I'm playing with the greatest receiver of all time in Jerry Rice. So my first three years or so, I'm like, I'm picking up a little bit of everything that I can. Watching film, you know, old tapes when we're watching, you know, uh, the, uh, we're watching the, uh, the defense for uh, uh, other teams that we're going to play that upcoming week. And then we're watching a uh, film of how Jerry basically have torched that coverage or what have you. So I'm watching everything. I'm watching how he runs his routes. I'm watching the, the, you know, the, you know, how he gets open, all of that stuff. So now I'm trying to basically embody everything that I'm see him, see him do. And I know that my skill set is not there yet. So again, when you talk about lifting weights, that was a given because I used that psychologically. That was, that basically kind of destroyed some people, you know, just by seeing me physically. (laughs) But I wanted to add the other elements to the game, which is my route running, you know, understanding, you know, defensive coverages, getting open, getting my hands on the ball, making something happen. So when I saw Jerry do all that, like I said, I wanted to, I wanted to possess everything that he had, but I had, I, I didn't have that initially. So I basically tried to work on all of that stuff in, in the off season. And so my trainer, after I got my trainer in 99, 2000, after that season, every year, like I said, he would watch film and, and see something that I, he felt like I needed to improve on. Fast forward, go into training camp. We go to Rockland. That's where we were uh, initially for the first maybe couple of weeks. And then we go back to our facility. And so Steve Young, I ran, a, I think, a square out. So Steve Young threw the ball or whatever. And so I came back and he, he pulled me to the side. He goes, man, he said, did you get faster? He said, did you get faster over the summer? 
And I said, yo, I said, I've been working on my speed. And so that basically showed me and told me too how cerebral Steve was to notice that I had gotten faster. Because like I said, he's throwing, he's now my fourth year. He's thrown to me for four years now. You got to think about he's not only throwing to me, he's throwing to JJ, he's throwing to Jerry, he's throwing to Brent Jones. So he basically, he has that, that, that time clock in his head based on who, who he's throwing to of how fast he needs to get the ball out based on what he sees. And so obviously me running that route, it was something that showed him like, yo, I got out of my route quicker than normal than he's been throwing to over the, the, the last few years. And so that's when I knew I'm like, okay, I'm getting fast. It's working. Yeah. Man, that's ooh. I never thought about that. I, I, exactly. I didn't either. For what, you, the timing? Yeah, that you had. To, you need all this timing for every single receiver. Right, because no two receivers run speed. the same. But it's like a point guard. Everybody, yeah. like, I'm sure being a point guard, you got to deliver the ball different places for certain people. You have to give it, because some guys don't have hands. Yeah. So you might have to just put it right, right on them. <laughs> or some <laughs> shooters need it in their pocket. Yeah. Or if you have, like, a receiver, you could just throw, like, a Iguodala. Just throw it up. He's gonna go find it. Right, but that's, yeah, but that's but that's a rarity though. So right, you know, but, but like Johnson, Johnson just throw but it. But it, it makes more sense when you're talking about a shooter and where they need it to get the it's get the shot, shot, get the shot yeah. off. So somebody that handles the ball a lot, and you know you got you know where he's setting up in the corner or the wing or whatever, and you know he likes it right here versus him. You throwing a bad pass. Now he got to re collect himself mm-hmm. and now put it over here. But if you put it right here, automatically now he can just shoot it. Yeah, you're giving us too much credit. We don't, nah, <laughs> we don't, we don't need, that way. but some we don't need to be that precise. Right. Because. But it helps. No, you don't need to. Because if I, I can pass it to, I can mess up a pass to you and then you can create. I can't be the quarterback if I'm off on the timing. <laughs> That's just a play. Right. You know, if you're, if you're, if you overrun what I'm thinking, you got faster and I didn't realize and I throw it to your old speed. Right. Now, yeah, I'm overrun. Now, yeah. Like, okay. You know, that don't, I, in basketball, like, I can, oh, my bad, and then give it to you. He's like, I don't need you anyway. <laughs> There's the guys that combine athleticism and the work and they're really perfectionists. So I'm thinking of Jerry mm-hmm. in particular. Yep. Yep. Perfectionist. So how do you, compare that in the football space to in basketball, it's harder to coordinate all that. I'm thinking of like a Kobe. Is the I was going to say, Kobe. just wanting to be a perfectionist, using, like I said, Kobe used obviously MJ as a blueprint to get where he is. So he basically modeled his game, you know, with, with, with MJ. And so when you think about Jerry, I don't think he had anybody that he modeled. Like he's been the standard and for, for guys like myself. You know what I mean? He set the bar for, you know, guys like me and, guys under that has come you know after that uh after him to 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 be able to go out and do the things that we do so jerry he went out to be the great like that was his that was his whole mindset to be the greatest receiver of all time and he said he said it started back yeah when he was young as a kid you know his dad throwing him you know working with his dad his dad throwing him bricks you know catching with his hands things of that nature like for me i never I never thought of football that way. I never, that was never really my aspirations or any dreams to, to play football. I think everything that I, that has happened and that I've, I've achieved, it just kind of just, you know, unfolded. I took, you know, took advantage, full advantage of a lot of opportunities. Um, but like I said, it didn't hurt at all just to have him uh, to, to model somewhat of my, my game after. But I realized, you know, after three years learning from him and then, you know, I had coaches like, yo, you can probably be the next Jerry Rice, or you can be just like him. 
But then I had to be a realist too, because like I said, I, my, my, my development as a receiver was nowhere close to where he was at that time. So I basically just, basically just had to listen to the coaches, help, you know, have them help me, groom me. And, you know, things just kind of just happened after that. So I don't know if this is a debate question when it comes to quarterbacks and receivers, mm-hmm. right? Can, a, can there be a great quarter? Can there be a Charles Barkley and a Patrick Ewing where they're great but didn't have a great team to become a champion? So can you have a, a actually a great quarterback without any great receivers? And can you have a great receivers, Hall of Fame receivers that never had great quarterbacks? How? Well, if you look at Tom Brady, he never really had any great receivers. He had some pedestrian type guys, especially after some of the guys like Troy Brown and uh, most notable, like Aaron, uh, the, uh, Aaron Gonzalez. Is that his name? Aaron Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez. Um, guys like that. But then just think about over the years, he had guys like Julian Edelman. Um, then he had Gronk. But then when he didn't have those guys, he had guys like Chris Hogan, some guys you never really heard of. But they were able to win games and win championship with these guys because of Tom's greatness. Yeah, but on the receiving side, can a receiver be great without a quarterback? Well, I'll say it's, this it's, real quick about Tom. He had Randy for that. Yeah, for that, that one year. Right. Mm-hmm. And they didn't and the, win the Super Bowl. And and the sim- well, they were, they were damn close. But they, the thing is, comparison, I'm going to say like Chris Paul. Like if you put him with good players, think of who he is. But without, he could still create. Is that the way to connect it? Yeah. So I had to adjust my game. Cause you think about it, if you go, I don't know. So I've just, I don't, I'm throwing out numbers because fans throw out numbers. Like, yo, I've played with like 20, some 22, some different quarterbacks. So for me, as I started to understand what I could do after my fourth or fifth year in the league, and I felt, and I started to realize, okay, I can be a playmaker, game changer. And then when they let Jerry go, I'm like, yo, that's a, that's, those are some big shoes to fill. They, they had enough confidence, a lot of confidence in, in me to let Jerry go. This is the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I feel, I, you know, they wanted me to fill that void, fill those shoes. And so now I'm like, okay, cool. This is what I got to do to stay on par with what he did while he was here. So I wanted to be that go-to guy. I wanted to be that playmaker. I wanted to be that game changer. So even with the quarterback change, like the different quarterbacks that I played with, I really I had to adjust really kind of my game to some of the quarterbacks because it was a different style. Steve Young's more of a pocket passer. Yeah, he could run this and that and the other, but he that's that's not what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. But based on precision and timing of our offense, that's why he was so good. So now you factor in Jeff Garcia, who you know backed him up, and then he ended up starting when uh, Steve Young got hurt move with his feet, make plays with his feet, just like Steve could do, Mm -hmm. but he's not your typical pocket passer that can drop back in the pocket, throw the ball 50, 60 yards down the field, be accurate all over the field. So we basically had to cater our our offense around what he could do best, and that was rollouts, quick game. Um, We never really threw bombs like from one end of the field to the other. We only threw the ball deep when we got around the 50 or beyond the 50. Okay, so doesn't that hurt your – but wouldn't that hurt you, though? If you're, if you're this 
who you are. Long bomb, catch anything. This is your faster than everybody. You're stronger than everybody. But you're with a quarterback who only throw five, ten yards. It's his accuracy. But wouldn't that hurt the receiver? Over, I mean, statistics, statistically, yes, in some instances. But again, for me, I realized that's what I had. Those are the cards that I, that I had dealt. I knew he wasn't Steve Young. You know what I mean? So, yeah, there were times like, yeah, when I look at the end of the, end of the, end of the year, like I said, there were times like, yeah, I would outrun guys, I would beat guys deep, and he would underthrow me, or I would have to catch low balls. Mm-hmm. But if they were on time, then they would be touchdowns, touchdowns versus 30, 40-yard gains. So, yeah, in a sense, but I didn't really think about that. I, didn't, I always assessed it after the season, mm-hmm. and even my coach, you know, he would enter the season, go through a lot of my highlights, you know, drops, things of that nature, what I did wrong. But he even said, like, yo, you could have had probably like 22, 23 touchdowns. I ended up with like, I think the most I had was like 15 or 16, I think maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was like, yo, and Jerry's record is that Jerry had like 22. And he's like, man, if you would have done this, if you could have gotten the ball here, or the ball with, it's all about the quarterback. So yeah, my, my success really relied heavily on the quarterback. And that's why I've always, you know, given, given respect and never really been selfish enough to say that I did everything on my own because like I said, I couldn't. I can't do what I do as a receiver without the quarterback. And there's a lot of people, a lot of other people too, to make that happen when you talk about the line blocking, running backs picking up blitz packages and things of that nature. Yeah, but that's, that was always my thing. Like when, you know, like when you look at sports and, you know, people say, okay, this person's the greatest, he's the greatest. How can we say he's technically the greatest if this is who he had given the ball versus this guy if, right. and this is who he had? It's like, and that's that usually my argument just across sports, period. Like, how can you say this player was better when this was his two, three, four versus this guy and this is his two, three, four? How can you say he's better because he won six and this guy? I know what you're saying. So, sh- so his for- team shouldn't even been there, but they got there. So and that, that'd be my argument. So like, people have looked at my stats and the quarterbacks that I played with, and they compare him obviously with Randy, but obviously Jerry. Jerry played with Joe Montana and Steve, and Steve Young. Mm-hmm. He had no drop off in quarterback mm-hmm. talent. No, so even even so the so in theory, just because of those two quarterbacks, he's gonna be top three receiver of all time. Period. But wait, did Jerry make the quarterback? Did the receiver make the quarterback? Or did the quarterback make the receiver? The receiver can't make the quarterback if the quarterback can't get to it. <laughs> can't get to it anyway. So I've had this discussion <laughs> with friends and like, and, and just in all honesty, like with Jeff, everybody realizes, you know, just for comparison or just, just transparency, he's not Steve Young. Hall of Famer. Steve Young is a Hall of Famer. Of course. Right. Right. Listen, I, I play Madden. No, I, I'm, not, I'm not telling <laughs> I know. you. I'm just saying to explain, like, he's a no, yeah, favorite. Yeah, Jeff Garcia was not. Right. So, of course, it's, it's for a drop-off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For you, it's a, it's a drop-off. Right. It's a drop-off. But to go, for, to go from Steve Young to Jeff Garcia, Hall of Famer to non-Hall of Famer, that's it. And so, I've, I, I, a lot of people, and like I said, I don't want people to think that I'm hating on the quarterbacks or anything of that nature. This is just barbershop talk. This mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. friends talk, yeah. people that... Or, like I said, they realize they've watched me play, they've watched Randy, everybody else play, and they realize too, like, yo, what did, like, when Jeff played, he made Pro Bowls. When I left, he made no more Pro Bowls. And he went elsewhere and he didn't do, and he never really flourished. When I went to, when I went to, uh, uh, when I went to Philly, 
Donovan has what to his uh, to his t- to statistics to stati- uh, statistics or accolades. He has what about six or seven Pro Bowls, but uh, people don't realize they they see the Pro Bowls, but he didn't make some of those. Pro- he he only made those Pro Bowls because guys like Brett Favre, who was first team, they didn't go. He was the alternate, so he went. Mm-hmm. So he's getting accounted for mm-hmm. that Pro Bowl. So he really didn't. He made it, but he didn't make it. So my point is, I go to Philly, do my thing. His stats prior to me, you can check it out. Good. When I got there, Rose. When I left, dip, left, went to Washington. He couldn't beat out Rex Grossman. So when I left, none of these quarterbacks really did what they did. Mm -hmm. Because, like, if you look at the common denominator, that's 81. That's me. When I went to Dallas, Tony Romo did his thing. Like I said, we did a lot of great stuff. Like I said, common denominator, 81. But that's what, that's what I did. I realized by playing in, playing in San Francisco, under that system, listening to the coaches, I'm a very cerebral person. I'll sit back. If, even if somebody, if, if Steve Young is talking to Jerry, I'm always earshot of this. I'm always listening. Mm-hmm. He's coaching him. He's coaching me. Any other coach talking to other guys, whatever they talk, I feel like he's coaching me. I took all of that with me. I knew that being a number one receiver, it's not just catching the ball always. For me, I had to learn how to be unselfish, taking the cover, cover off, uh, going through cover two, getting, getting my tight ends open, everybody underneath open. I knew that there were going to be games it was going to be tough because I done got off. Now they're double teaming me, triple teaming me. So I had, my game had to suffer. I had to, I had to sacrifice my game because that's going to enable other guys to be open. I started to realize this once I, once I started watching and watch Jerry, uh, watch how he was able to be productive. Um, again, the coverage is started to get a little bit more exotic, you know, where people were just, it was obvious they were double teaming. Jerry, the coverages when he played, they were pretty vanilla. And their skill set, Joe Montana, Jerry, it was so far ahead of the times that (laughs) that's why the numbers, his numbers are so great. Not to take away from it, but now, like you said, guys started getting bigger, faster, and stronger. Again, he set the bar for guys like myself, Randy, and everybody else that have played the game. So for me, like I said, I realized I had to basically adjust my game to really everywhere that I went and with the quarterbacks that I played with. So that's not really me tooting my own horn or bragging or anything like that. It's just, like I said, I'm an athlete. Mm-hmm. I don't really, I didn't never really considered myself a football player. Um, I understood the skill set that I possessed and I had to enhance everything, route running and all that, to really do the things that I did on the f- football field. And then, like I said, me, you know, taking short passes, taking it to the distance, that was like a staple. That was like, that was like a, like a verse in a Bible for yeah. us you know, especially with, with Jerry Rice, John Taylor, taking slants to the house. And then now, like I said, you got guys that became bigger, faster, and stronger like myself. We start running smoke route, hitch routes, this and that and the other. They just wanted to get the ball in our hands because they knew that we could do something with it. And just with my phys- physicality and my size, I was shedding guys off, bumping off guys, guys bumping off me, and I was taking it to the house. It seemed like receiving um, is a lot of responsibility. Because, I mean, 
Yeah, and it's when, when you're sacrificing because if the play's not for you, you still have to run the play. Oh yeah. So I can see that you know uh, it was just a little quote that um <laughs> that made me think of it. I don't know if Chris Paul actually said it, but it was said that he said why he used to be frustrated at James Harden because he said if the play wasn't for James Harden, he wouldn't come past half court. Right? I don't know if it's true or not. But if you're receiver, you just watch the tape. You, yeah, you can But if you're a receiver and the play's not for you, and you look and you sit there with the body language like it ain't for you, I guess that would make it harder for everybody else. But if you're running oh, yeah. your well, there your are routes. there are times guys take plays off. Well, yeah, you're not gonna play. I was just I was just talking to my son about this. You're not gonna play a run a play a hundred percent all the time. You can use body language at, at 60, 75%, and you can make it look like you're running 100%. But nobody's playing 100% every single play. You're gonna have to conserve your energy, mm -hmm. but there's a responsibility. You have an assignment to do. Yeah, if you know you're not getting the ball, if it's cover two or what have you, the likelihood of you getting the ball is slim to none. But there's that, it's always that chance that he may hit you in the hole. So you have to run outside. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You may be running out because you know that it's basically going to kill the route. They may roll the cover two. It's going to kill the route and you may not get the ball. But like I said, depending on what that quarterback reads or what he sees or if our, the, the safety is out of position, he still may throw that, throw you that ball. So you can't just, you can't just loaf. Mm -hmm. So again, you have to, like I said, you're not going to play 100% every play, but you have to understand there's an assignment and every, those other 10 guys, everybody's depending on you to do what you do. And I think too, I saw, I'm thinking of a play DK Metcalf did that this year, a play breaks down. If you take the play off and then all of a sudden it can't, the ball can come to you, you do have to be ready. Right, exactly. I mean, it, it, it happens. And I've, it's so funny, I've even caught balls where I didn't think it was gonna come to me. <laughs> and, I, and then he actually threw it and then I'm like, oh snap. But you have to be ready because you never know. Like I said, every a play is designed and it may come to you and it may not come to you, but you always have to be ready. Speaking of being ready, I think you guys are cut from the same cloth in this sense that you know when it was game time, it was time to put on a show. Oh, yeah. To identify with that, that that ball goes up, you know, I'm here to entertain. But you put the work in to do that before you got there. That's what people need to know. Yeah, I mean... Football entertainment and basketball entertainment is different. Um, ours is, it's like, like it's like, you, it's like, it's like shots. Like dunked on you, I get to entertain, you know, shake hands. Like, right, yeah. Their entertainment is different because it's thought about. It's thought, you know, it's, they put some thought into it. Like, which I got upset when they took it away from it, it, it was like for almost a year, right? Celebrate, celebrate. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was like, what? That's what we, I, I'm only watching for, I'm only watching for the celebration. I care about the rest of the shit. I want, right, right. I want the celebration. I want this, because it's, it's part of it. It's, it's, it's showmanship. It's, it's, it's what fans come, come to, see. to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They pay that money to see that. Yeah, they want their team to win, but it's that showmanship, uh, that entertainment, uh, element of it that they want to see as well. And what he's talking about, like basketball, yeah, there are more opportunities yeah. to, to entertain or interact, mm. not only with the opponent, you know, if you're dunking on them or you cross them over, <laughs> you're gonna hear it from the crowd or whatever, you hit a big shot or whatever the case may be, you're right there with the fans, they're right there in mm. your vicinity. You get to interact with them um, just like really, really closely.
I mean, still, if you're on an NFL arena, there's 70,000 people there. I mean, you can't help but feel that when you're on the field. In basketball, yeah. though, like if you dunk on somebody and the whole gym goes silent or the whole gym goes crazy, right. like that, you know. But you got to remember, we got, then we got coaches, yeah. like we got coaches who's petty too. So if you dunk on somebody and he wants that the last time out, <laughs> now he got to, now the replay gets to hit yeah, him a few exactly. times. Oh, yeah. It's going to be on TV. You know, so we get all that funny no, stuff. No, because you're saying, like, man, he just dunked on me and now Like, he just dunked on me minutes. and then we're going to call a timeout or he subbed me out, like, oh. They don't do that. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. You know, but those those become like little celebration moments. But what what they get on a touchdown, that that can only happen for us is like we hit the game winner. You know, we right. hit the game winner, and that's the end of the game. Other than right. that, it's just quick moments here and there. I mean, there's still time the celebration. Then theirs is more impactful. But it's but football, you get more amped. Like it's not just about touchdowns. If you get a first down, big catch, you go across the middle, or a guy gets. Truck, yeah, but like, that's but that's like a quick this way or this. He's but it's the quarterback. That's the touchdown. Yeah, on defense. but what I'm saying is, it's still just that that spontaneous. Their their celebration is more impactful because it's it's a moment. You get a full. You get a full. It feels like a full 30 seconds of just right. a moment where it's it's just you. It's just you. Because now they've put more emphasis on celebration mm -hmm. entertainment because the yeah. It, it, it took a hit, the league took a hit, the viewership, everything dipped when they did all of that. And then so now, you know, to bring, with the, bring the entertainment value up and bring more eyeballs, especially now with, with COVID and no fans in the stands, things of that nature, they're wanting guys to basically celebrate, to bring more eyeballs to, to the game. Yeah, I love it. I mean, that's, I mean, it's like if you don't want them to celebrate, don't let them score a touchdown. It's basically the rule. <laughs> and that's how it was when I played. <laughs> Guys used to get mad at me, and I got criticized. I got heavily criticized when I was celebrating or what have you because I was doing touchdown celebrate. You had analysts, commentators, and even players that went went to went into the booth. This not they were criticizing me, talking about you know I'm I'm selfish. I'm taking away from the from the team because I'm touchdown. I'm like yo. Why is it always that way when I'm doing it? Touchdown <laughs> celebrations, they were doing that before I got in the league. Yep. <laughs> and then when I started doing it, and then it became a big controversy. It became a big deal because I was celebrating. So it was almost like I had a target on my back for no reason. And then, like I said, they, like I said a couple of years, they took, took the celebrations away. Then they saw viewership went down. Mm -hmm. um, and then fans start really, you know, just really sharing and their displeasure about, you know, the no fun league, you know, this yeah, and that, and they no brought fun. it back. And then, like I said, I, would, they, I mean, a lot of guys want to say that I'm sort of like one of the pioneers and known for the celebration. And everything that I got vilified and criticized for is now being embraced, which is, which is good for the game, uh, if you look at it, because it's a form of entertainment. But, but that's, that's, you know, so funny, that's always, that's always how it is that, the person they they villainize is the one who opens it up for everyone else. Like someone has to take the beating for it to just be accepted. Well, or you really have to want to do it. Like if you see like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. Because I remember, you know, even when you took the Sharpie out of your sock and signed the ball, right? Mm -hmm. At that time, that was all over SportsCenter. Everybody was watching it. So it worked. You got right. your attention. And then... Everybody's watching you. What's he gonna do next to top it? Yeah, that's what that's what it's about. But that's yeah. but that's what I said. It's like the NFL don't embrace 
the what's next. They were like, just late. Yeah, you got to remember, like, guys who didn't watch football, and you see Sharp. Oh, he was, so that means he had it in his sock the whole time. So he was balling with a Sharpie, and, and, you know, we, and that's how our brain went in balling with a Sharpie, and he wrote it on it. What's, what are you going to do next week? Right. Now I want to watch him. Now I want the jersey. Like, that's what sells. And it's right. like they take away, they try to take away the selling of it. You know, they try to in the NBA too, like, well, no emotions. And like, how do you have any Right, like game? after, no yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, they tried that, like after dunks and stuff, <laughs> you couldn't do anything. Yeah, like, like, what, who does that? Like, <laughs> how are you just going to dunk and just not? Just run down the but floor. That, but that's, but same thing. It, it didn't work. Then it was like, let it, let it go. Right. How can you try to, what has worked for so many years and been part of the game, the fabric and DNA of it, you want to take it away. That doesn't make any sense. You would think that, that you would use that to your advantage. But like I said, that's, it's revenue, gen, it's generating it's revenue. revenue. Well, that, that's even like the back end part of it. Even yeah. Think with like the, NF, the NBA, uh, when they changed the dress code. And now they realize they can change. All oh, these guys are wearing clothes, and that's the, it's a you runway know, it, before the you game. Know, it was the dress code. <laughs> it seems like it's worse now than it was before. <laughs> it's gone back. It's taking it's, some steps back. I mean, it's beyond I me. Mean, Nick wears pajamas to Yeah, they wear pajamas and um, robes to the games. But I think our ours back then was because it was the it was the rap look. The culture. The, it was the baggy every day with, with the, the chains hanging down through the crotch. It gave the perception that it was like a thug. And, and it, it didn't look good on the bench. Right. You know, right. so then it became, okay, wear the sports coat or wear this and that. And then wear club attire. That's what it ended up being, wear club attire. Right. Um, which at that point wasn't established because Baggy sweats was club attire. Right. For some guys. <laughs> yeah, for some guys, it was. It was. Like, <laughs> you're telling club attire to AI, you ain't telling him anything different. You know, what club is he going to? You know, yeah. because technically, this was allowed on the bench, but no one, we didn't wear this simple type of stuff. Right, right. You know, so this was this was actually fine to wear on the bench, but nobody wore like, that. Right. Oh, bro, we, we give me the sweat and the velvet, whatever that. <laughs> but that might be a five thousand. Five, 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 was it five, five XL everything? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, the four X, yeah, the four XTs, everything, three X, everything. That's just different eras. But I mean, I think beyond the the fashion thing is the idea that as an athlete, you want to celebrate your game. What's wrong with that? I That's what they should see first and foremost. Well, I think they, they are now. Well, yeah, yeah. And I think for me, um, I got that target on my back. And I, I, I felt like they had targeted me and was you know, really trying to take away my individuality. And that wasn't something that I purposely or I intentionally tried to do. I just wanted to have fun with the game. And so when I started, you know, obviously, like I said, I, I knew about touchdown celebration, but until I got into the end zone, I couldn't celebrate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you talk about the Icky Shuffle, Billy White, Shoe Johnson, and all these guys that were, you know, doing their thing, okay, we saw that. And I'm like, okay, the only way to, to do that is I got to do this. Yeah. I got to get in the end zone. So that's what I started doing. And then you had the, you know, analysts or whatever that really, they criticized me for doing it, saying that I was being selfish and I was taken away from, a, from the team concept 
because I was I was I was celebrating my touchdown. We got here because of the team concept. I'm just celebrating. Like it's it's that's that's what I said. You know, NFL. You know, analysts are weird anyway, um, because their job is more biased than they they want to appear. Because if someone doesn't like you because you didn't do an interview or you didn't do something. They're going to they're gonna say everything they don't like about you to the world. Right. And then it creates a conversation and dialogue with everybody on the panelists. And then you say something negative. Then they're going to basically piggyback that. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And then it, I started to do the touchdowns week <laughs> after week after week. And then people would get mad, this, that, and the other. And then it, it, came, it became a topic to the, where, to, the, to the point to where I was scoring touchdowns on a regular. It became a weekly topic. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like they didn't want to talk about me. And they and I was scoring a touchdown, and, I, and they showed me celebrating. It was like I was taken away from, from the team. But that's what I said. It's just that one person who decides that he don't like you and he's going to pick. Like I, 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 I look at like Skip Bayless, right? Oh, mm-hmm. who doesn't Number like one. LeBron? I'm same, same. And way. then you ask him, hey, why don't you actually like LeBron personally? He can't give an answer. Because LeBron has not actually done nothing to him. It was like he was compared to Jordan, which Jordan is Skip's... <laughs> that's his guy, you know? So b- b- the fact that this guy got, you know, uh, compared to his favorite guy, he decides, no, not on my watch. And that's, his, that's been his stance. But it's like, well, that's bias. You're, you're, you're picking on a guy because he was compared to the guy you love. That's not fair... Right. When you're when you're using that in TV terms, that's unfair. You 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 can't you can't do that. You got to put the you got to gotta minimize put the bias part. or denounce his greatness because of the bias. Well, yeah. I will take that even a step further. I think the reason he does that. Do you remember what he called you? I remember. Oh, team obliterator. So he made a whole platform for himself <laughs> yeah. to to bring you down. Why? To help himself, to help his crew. Yeah, yeah, because and then people were tuning in, and based on what he was saying, people bought into that. People really thought that what he said was gospel. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, even with my Hall of Fame nomination, when they started to bring up all the, the, the obviously there's the criteria in which guys are inducted, but they start going outside of the scope of that by bringing up things that he had said over the years about who I was as a person, my character, and, and what people thought or what he thought I was in the locker room. No players ever said or basically vouched for anything that he had said. Did, he, did you ever respond to him? Oh, yeah. I, I brought, bro, I, I went in there like I was my own attorney. I went in there with receipts. Mm-hmm. So I basically had uh, basically looked up a lot of comments and quotes from a lot of my teammates that basically had basically nothing but positive things to say from every team that I've played on to basically dispel or dispute what he has said. But he knows, like, how can you say that I'm a, I'm a bad teammate and nobody on my team liked me, but here I have 60, 70 guys with quotes that saying I was nothing but a great teammate. But you're creating a narrative using this platform and artists, because you obviously it's more people watching this than I'm going to be debating, <laughs> you know what I mean, on my social media. <laughs> yeah. So they're going to take obviously take uh, what he says as, as, uh, as, 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 uh, as the truth. Or he gets the final say, but I was going to say, I don't think LeBron has ever even no, LeBron acknowledged. Because LeBron understands 
we're we're starting to understand some of the tactics now. Yeah, for some of the tactics now is whatever. I say it, I need you to rebuttal. Yeah, they say so. I can get the looks, and then I get to go back and say right. whatever I want to say. They and you just bankrolled me for another yeah. ten years. Right. They want to say things for a lot of uh, the wild factor. Yeah, the wild factor. Like as I said, you know, like sometimes, like I had to start understanding that, like sometimes when you when you have a panel and you have you know, we're talking about Lakers or Clippers. Someone has to take the Clippers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Someone, someone has to. And you got to argue how better the Clippers are versus the Lakers. And, you know, and I, I had to understand that. Even if you don't have any information to support it. <laughs> even, if you, and then even if you are a Laker fan, you, you got to pick the Clippers. Now you got to try to defend. Right. You know, and, and I see that happening a lot too. Yeah. And I think the thing that everyone forgets about the, the real place that it's got to work is the fans. If the fans are cool with it, if the fans support you, you're good. Well, yeah, but, uh, but, but at the same time, the platform is so ginormous that anytime that guys like your Skip Bayless or your Stephen A's, when they get on there, especially Stephen A, they start yelling, it's not using big words. People think, <laughs> no, nah, people really think that they're telling the truth or it's factual. <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying? And not that he, that he doesn't tell truth or he doesn't have information to support whatever he's talking about, but everything that comes out of Skip Bayless's mouth isn't, isn't always factual. If you're talking about, you know, you talk to a couple of guys in the locker room and you ask them about me or what have you, then that doesn't speak for the entirety of the locker room. You know what I mean? So there's other, there's, you talk to two guys, there's 51 other guys that make up that <laughs> roster. Yeah. They may not feel the same way that those two guys that you probably handpicked to talk to that you knew that you was going to get something negative from, and then you go on air and you report that as if everybody in the locker room feels that way. But it's just, it's, see, it's not our, it's our, it's, um, it's usually never the, the everyday beat writers. I know it's a national. It's that national. It's that national media who's just there, just for the. But that's for me. How I I would love that because it's national media. It will be everywhere, and I literally I said it would. He would be making fun of himself, and then just trying to make a mockery of the media anyway, and then like I said, taking a page out of mm -hmm. out of Marshawn's book. I'm like, yeah, I'm just here so I don't get fun. Mm -hmm. That's exactly yeah, what I, I would do. Yeah, I remember that. I'm, I'm telling you, you know, I Rashid, would do. What's the name? Both teams play hard. Both, exactly. You got fined for that. Yeah. Who? Rashid. Rashid got fined for that. Both teams play hard. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. How can you, you get? You can't fined? do that in the playoffs. <laughs> but how can? But that's not. That's you're answering a question. Yeah, but that's basically like insubordination. You're that's doing it, but you're not really doing, doing it. it. Yeah. But he's not saying. But he he hasn't <laughs> said anything wrong. But you haven't said anything. You have the same answer to every question. Yeah, it's that's what I said. We have a little. It's it's a little. It's a little I tricky. Little, little tweaks. Here. That's what I said. Like Marshawn Lynch would have got fined in the NBA for that. Y'all know why I'm here. Like he would have got fined. But the main objective but, is to make yourself available okay, but, for the media. But the difference between our fines and NFL fines. Oh, I'll get a lot. I get me an attorney. <laughs> no, 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 no. To see, I, see how I could get around it. The team, like, like if the NBA, if the in, if, if the NBA find us. The league, I mean, my team, you better pick that up. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not a team fine. It's an NBA, NBA fine. fine. So if the NBA finds it... The team take care of it. You better take care of that. Right, right, right. <laughs> take care of that. Because team has, they have their PR. They can control that, but this comes through the league. That's what I said. This comes through the league. So, like, you don't, you don't, we don't, 
the team fining us. No, no, so I, yeah, I'm not. We don't yeah, do yeah, team I, fines. Right, yeah, I know he's not getting fined by the Brooklyn Nets. No. He's getting fined by, by the, the league. That's yeah, the, and, the, and the Brooklyn Nets will pick that up. Uh, well, yeah, if that's the case, then oh well. Because then you have you you have real problems because now I'm hurt. Right, because now my now my ankle hurt and I'm gonna miss game one and I think I'm gonna pay four hundred thousand that first game so I'm gonna make an extra three hundred and fifty. I'm gonna be plus three hundred fifty. I want to play this game. <laughs> that, that's that's what the NBA players do. Well, y'all play. <laughs> ah, so y'all make that money like that. Y'all yeah, can do that. Yeah, yeah, y'all can do that. That's our only advantage. That's our only That's our only leverage we got. We'll pull up. Ah. Right. And how you said two hundred and fifty. Two hundred fifty dollars. Ah. I was late to the who? I was late to the bus. Ah. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. Like I've been, I, I remember, I, I missed the, I missed the bus before, missed the plane, I missed the plane intentionally. On no, I was just, I was just oh, late, okay. running late, missed it, got in traffic, and the plane took off. Oh, I ain't coming. Oh, we are gonna find you? Well, I'm hurt now. Then, click. <laughs> This is crazy. Then I had to remember I had some, I had some hoes going there, so I had to go to regular play. That's the real story. Right, right, man. All right, Gil, you know what time it is. It's time when we turn the tables. T's going to ask you a question. It's time for Ask Agent Zero. Oh. I know you got to... Okay, so let's put it this way. You consider yourself a hooper. Bring, right. him, bring him a hooper question. Hmm. Hooper question? Hmm. Okay. Who in today's game, I, I realize your game, who in today's game resembles, has a game that resembles your game? Ooh. I always say Dame with the shooting and ability to create his own shot with a little bit of James Harden knowing how to get fouled. Um, like creating contact. Creating contact, knowing. You know, so how did to you go it. to the free throw line a lot? The average is about 10, led the league in free throws. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, that's, but that's what it, because everyone's seen the game winners and the shooting, they didn't realize I sat at the free throw line half the time. You know, because if I'm sitting at the free throw line, it opens the, the, the shot up because now you're so scared of the drive that you're not even guarding my pull-ups. Um, so it was, you know, I had a, a little bit of both. So why, uh, obviously, like you said, there was a lot of uh, hoopers, a lot of guys that played in the NBA. There's a lot of comparisons. Why do, do you think? Why do you, why do you think that your name is not brought up in conversations as like you know some of the top, you know, based on what you did in the league? Because you were dropping 50, 60, like Curry and them has been doing, but nobody really thinks about that. Do you think it's because they they didn't watch, or you were in a market where people didn't see you, or you feel like your career was cut short because of injury? The cut short part, but I think success winning comes with, you know, so... So you got, you were putting up the numbers, but the t you weren't winning. winning. I wasn't winning, so it was still this, he's, yeah, okay, no. yeah, he's, he has a lot of numbers, but there's no, so what ends up happening is, I said, I opened the market for the Curries, the Dames, the Westbrook style, of that point guard being a dominant scorer, but, but Curry established it because he won. He won being a scoring guard first. And the fact that he won, it became, all right, this, this is not just a hybrid player. 
this as a point guard, and we're going to put this point guard numbers up against passing numbers. So now, you know, now someone like Steph, his, his numbers trumps in the scoring categories and all these categories over all these point guards who wasn't scoring and they were just trying to get the team involved. So, like, like I seen something today that said um, Curry is king of um, the turnaround. And I agree, even though I'm the guy who started it. The turnaround shot, walk away, the king oh, of the walk. Okay. Like, Shoot yeah. and just walk away. Yeah. I mean, his, his was he shot a turnaround before yeah. he knew it was. And I, going but in. I did it a couple of times. So like, yeah. Yeah, I started it. He mastered it. So he is the king of it. He just takes like, off, runs down the floor. Yeah, he's the king of it. Like, yeah, I, I gave the idea, but he took it to a whole nother oh, level. Man. So I can't put claim to something. I can, yeah, you can. You did it first. I did it first, but he did it better. He did it a lot better. And at a different, and at a different time, too. Did, did, like, I did it on game winners. He, he hasn't done it on game winners. He did it. He's <laughs> wow. done it throughout the game. Okay, well, Curry, that's a challenge right there. It ain't even yeah. no challenge. Yeah, it is, because you got to do it on a game winner. <laughs> it's one thing to do it in the course of the game, in Florida game, but to do it on a game winner, that's, bro, that's on another level. But he's done it a hundred times. I get though. that, but on <laughs> a game winner, that's on another level. Well, to, 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 I'll argue for him. The fact that they no, beat, I'm not, I'm not no, taking it away. The, the from fact him. that they were beating people, he was sitting down in third quarters. He never really had chances to do it for the game. True, true. I <laughs> argue for okay. him on that one. True, you know, true. he was beating everybody ass, so he you. really had to. Right, but right. I, but I think that's the reason that I get lost in the shuffle mm-hmm. is because when I was doing it, there was no, there was no real reference because. Baron Davis was a point guard mm-hmm. who can score, but Ooh, he was not a point guard. Yeah, he could. And they gave Mulberry, they just they just stamped him with ball hog, you know, the, the, right. the ball hog stamp, you know. Um, then you had Steve Francis, who was he was the next hybrid. Yeah, he could. But he wasn't just a he wasn't just the assassin score. He was more of the highlight reel. So he was that flashy guard that came in and put people in the seats. Right, 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 yeah. I came in straight assassin mode. Like it was just, I, I'm, I'm here to try to score 30 every game. Right. I don't, I don't know about all that other stuff. I'm going to go. You straight shoot. So what ends up happening is, and then once I fall off, then, then you got the Curries, the Dames. But that's why Dame doesn't get the same credit because Dame hasn't won that championship. And that's why Curry gets the, Curry gets the, the head because he's a champ. He's an MVP. So because of the status came with it, that's where, but, but he opens it up for the Trey Youngs and the, everyone else right. too. So, you know, it's like that. There's always someone who has to, who has to open it up. Even, even if I don't get crowned for it, it don't even matter. I, I get to enjoy. No, yeah. I don't, I don't get to, I don't get to watch this no more. Yeah. Point guard, you know, looking for the big, I don't get to watch it. I get to see people checking from the three, the half court line oh, yeah. now. Oh yeah. The 34th. Yeah, I get, I get to see that. I get to see the game evolve, and I can say, yeah, I kind of started that one. Right. And, uh, you know, it wasn't AI. AI was a shooting guard. I got to start the ball hogger point guard. <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get out on this. We said, we established this. You are a hooper. Yeah. What happened? And we talk about football players playing basketball. What happens when you take a basketball player, put them on the football field? Um, it, it's a little bit different. I think yeah, the first thing, they talk about is just the physicality. They ain't really trying to get hit. Yeah, I ain't going up the middle. Right, so that's the mentality. <laughs> that, that's the thing. That's the mentality of, of, of basketball transitioning, if they were to do it, is the contact, the physicalness. Uh, 
the physicality of, of, of the sport. You know, could they do it? Then, yeah, I'm sure there are some guys. Guys have Jimmy Graham, Julius with some, Peppers. With some, yeah. with some, with some tough, but we're talking uh, about real, real like, NBA players. Right, we're talking about like real, going. yeah. I mean, these guys did play. They were playing, the they were dual, Charlie Ward, they were dual sports guys already from the beginning. So. But you're talking Charlie Ward, Florida State. Like he's big time like, school. Yeah. But, but I'm saying, but North he's Carolina, played it the whole time. time. You're just saying like, Take a an NBA, just well, a NBA player saying, now and just say, all right, dump them in NFL. There's no, there's no slants. I can tell you that for sure. Right. It's gonna be post routes. Well, I'm saying LeBron. <laughs> right. right, but as I'm saying, everybody. But still with LeBron, right. he ain't like, running up with, the middle. Yeah, even with LeBron, like yeah, from an optic standpoint, to see him do that, could he? Probably. What position would he play? Ideally, I don't know what he would Receiver play. Tight end. He's six, what, six, eight, six, nine? Ten. Six, again. <laughs> throw it up. Throw exactly. it up. Exactly. I mean, so again, you got to figure out, can he get off the line? Because he got, he going to have to be stand up on the line, three point, two point. Again, route running, that all factors into him being successful. Yeah. Our football in here is not this, this yeah. shit we see on TV. Yeah. Ours is throw this shit up there. And I'm gonna just out jump. Right, flag football. There's no con. Don't con Don't touch me. Flag football <laughs> is equivalent is equivalent to like pickup, recreation, yeah, right, pickup. Right, and that's right. what yeah. that's that's what that's our style of what football is. Right. Then you put under the whistle, referees, actually guys. I mean, yeah, it's a different, yeah, it's a different, like, different animal. Like if I, like if I'm on the whistle name, you gotta remember our ideal football is like he's right there, and then I'm gonna just run. He ain't gonna touch me. You don't touch right, me. Right, exactly. <laughs> don't be doing all this shit here. That ain't, that ain't, we ain't trained right. for that. Just, but it would be interesting to see. I mean, Hail Mary. Whether it was LeBron or anybody, <laughs> but you think the guys that bring toughness to the NBA, to that, to, to the NBA game, could they basically bring that to, to football and play actual the actual game? Matt Barnes was a football player. Nate. Nate Robinson was a football player. Yeah. I wish, uh, yeah. AI you, was a football player. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Uh, LeBron played I mean, LeBron was a football I think Westbrook probably played football, too. Now, he's, he's somebody that I feel like he could, he could transition. Yeah, like, like Westbrook He, he seems like somebody that could transition from NBA to football real quick. He could do anything, pretty much. Yeah, that's what I said. He has that. Now, he has that mentality. Dog, he has that like motor. Like everything, that aggressive. I, I think that's what it is. I think. I, that, I, I know. I already, I already know what kind of football player I'd have been. Like I would have been like to the details. I would have been detailed, but I would have been my receiving would have been more like a quarterback style. Catch and drop. What's happening? Catch on the flow. Tag me. Here you go. So <laughs> take like, out, out of bounds. Out of bounds. Ten yards. Like, get out of Marvin, bounds. like Marvin Harrison used to do. Catch and yeah, yeah. Catch. Don't hit me. I only know hits. You ain't got to prove nothing to me. <laughs> you ain't got, got a touchdown, though. You ain't got to prove nothing to me. I only know extra, extra yards. <laughs> right, right. I think that's what it is. I think that's what we figured out, that everyone on that football field is a dog. Not everybody on that basketball court is a dog. Right. But when you have a couple of dogs, that does bode well for basketball teams. It does, it does. Help. Especially in, there it is. in the stretch of the playoffs, yeah. for real. You got a basketball Like your Jimmy team. Butlers and stuff, like, yeah. That's another guy that can... Transition to football. Yeah, I think, yeah. It's, it's more of a mind. Y'all, y'all just, y'all just psychopaths. Yeah. <laughs>
Like y'all wake up just <laughs> wanting to hit and get hit. Like, but when I, that's the thing is like, I had to really develop the toughness that I, that I did because I remember in junior high school, bro, I used to be scared to play football. Like mm-hmm. I didn't even play on the offensive side. I was so skinny, scrawny. <laughs> they didn't even, I, I, my helmet was, yeah. I had on the smallest pads, even in high school, my freshman year in high school, I had on the smallest pads that, that, that they could, they had. And it looked like double X on me. <laughs> and when I show people, I had to show my son, I'm like, yo, just trying to help him with where he is mentally and trying to motivate him, inspire him to be, uh, you know, play receiver. I'm like, yo, I wasn't always this size. What you've seen over the course of the year, you see highlights, I wasn't this way. I had to go back, had my mom send me pictures and show him what I looked like as a freshman. <laughs> <laughs> Sophomore, junior, I was, remember, I was skinny, scrawny. Bro, I didn't have a clue. Like I said, yeah, you had to drive. You're into yeah, it. Desire, and it dedication, goes, and discipline. That's what that's what it did for me. I'm prototype 81. You know what I mean? Prototype 81. Prototype. There it is. Yep, yep. Prototype zero. Prototype zero <laughs> without the dedication of the rehab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, if only. If only. Well, thanks for coming on. Man, again. appreciate it. Thank you, man. And also be sure to catch. The Get Your Popcorn Ready podcast. Get Your Popcorn Ready. Absolutely. Great title, of and course. Shameless plug, get my wine, 81, go to 81vino.com. 81vino.com. Yep, yep. There it is. For Gilbert Arenas, I'm Mike Botticella. Remember, you can catch No Chill with Gilbert Arenas every Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Fubo Sports Network, and we'll see you next time.